Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Off the Record podcast. I am your host, Michael Pleasant, joined as always by Colin Terlecki and Mark Feldman. Colin, how has your day been today so far? It's a beautiful Thursday opening day. How's it rocking? Uh, it's been good. I uh, watched a lot of baseball today during work. I ate a lot of food at lunch, though, so I was pretty tired there. Didn't know if I was going to make it through the day. <laughs> what do we have for lunch? What do we have for lunch? Uh, we ordered from this Mexican food place. I got some rolled tacos. It was uh, it was it was really good. Uh, you know how I feel about rolled tacos. You're not you might as I don't know. You're not, I feel like you're not taking advantage of the full flavor that they have available to you when you just go roll tacos, man. They're so good. There's there's so many options. I'm gonna go over to Mark because I'm disappointed. You Colin. I'm a little sad. I'm disappointed. You know there's carne asada burrito. There's so many options. You know they bet you they had the carne asada fries too. Feldy, how's, how's your Thursday been? Opening day, Phillies get a win. I am doing wonderful. Glad to be back on the podcast. It's been it's been a while since the three of us have done the pod. So it's been almost a month. So I'm really excited to be here. And there's a lot to talk about this week. And like you said, yes, opening day, Phillies, a big 3-2 win over the Braves, a little walk-off. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Hashtag <laughs> teaser. But I'm doing wonderful. Like you said, um, I'm excited to be here. And let's get into it. Man, we got a lot to talk about today. So much, like I said, so much for opening day. But we got to talk about the Final Four and the Elite Eight games because we're only two days away from figuring out who's going to be the national championship. As we know, I, I don't know if the podcast knows, but me and Feldman have a bet. I, I took Gonzaga and Illinois back in January and gave Feldman the field. Obviously, Illinois took a tough loss to Sister Jean in Chicago. I still have the Zags. Feldman thought USC had a chance. Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs had other ideas. And, and they're going to the Final Four to play the unexpected fi- first four to Final Four team, the UCLA Bruins, beat Michigan. That was uh, behind the back of Johnny Juzang and his step-back jumpers. Let's talk about that first game between UCLA and Gonzaga. I need to ask both of you guys. We'll go to you first, Feldy. Do you think UCLA has any type of shot in that game? It's going to be tough. I'm not going to lie. As someone who's going to be rooting diehard for UCLA, hashtag Pac-12, definitely got to show some support for the Bruins out in this Final Four game. It is going to be extremely tough. I think the only chance UCLA really has is just to slow this game down to a screeching halt. They need to make sure Gonzaga does not get out on the fast break at all. They need to make sure that Gonzaga does not have any extra possessions. UCLA is a team that can play very slow, and they know how to change the tempo. And like you mentioned, Johnny Juzang was outstanding in the uh, Elite Eight game against Michigan. He's going to have to do the same thing. He is going to have to match a Jalen Suggs-type effort and really carry this UCLA Bruins team. So is it a long shot? I know when... I know when the line came out, it was minus 13 and a half, which is like the largest spread in 15 years for a Final Four game, which is just shocking. They are an 11 seed versus the number one overall seed. So I guess it's not too, too surprising with how well Gonzaga has played. But I was totally shocked by it. I think UCLA is a reach. And I think the biggest part of the game is how UCLA starts. Gonzaga has been so good this tournament of getting out to the 9-2 lead, of getting out to the 17-5 lead. UCLA can't turn the ball over early. They need to make some shots through Juzang. And I think they have a shot. And I'll go with my prediction later. But that's kind of my (laughs) early thoughts on the game. A lot of information. Yeah, you're right. They definitely have to figure out a way to slow down the Zags because like you said, those after that first under 16 TV timeout, you got, it's gotta be a competitive game because that's what Gonzaga likes to do. They've done, they've done it every matchup against Creighton against USC against Oklahoma. 
they're up by that five, six, seven point to let you know, hey, we're a little, we're a different type of team. You're not going to be able to hang with us. Colin, I'm going to ask, pose the same question to you. You think UCLA has got any type of shot, a puncher's chance against Gonzaga? No, they don't. They have no shot. I, I don't think that, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. They have no shot. The only way that UCLA would beat Gonzaga is if Gonzaga beat themselves and had their worst game of the season by far. I don't, I just think that if, it, if there is a team that would get lucky and beat Gonzaga, it's not going to be UCLA. So I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm pretty confident in the fact that Gonzaga is going to beat UCLA and they're probably going to cover the spread because they're just going to boat race them. I don't think UCLA is good. You think Man, it's another I, game where right away they're up 17-5 or 20-7 to and it's just over just like that? Because like Mikey said, literally what the score is at the under-16 timeout no one thinks that's important. That is so vital to this game, just to make sure UCLA is even within shouting distance. I think that's so key. They cannot be down double digits early, which pretty much USC was, and it was over. In my well, USC, mind, USC would have beat UCLA by a lot because USC is the way better team. So I just think it's that much of a. I just think that if they handled USC that that easily, that it's pretty much going to be the same case for UCLA. No, yeah, I agree. I, I, Cronin's going to have the UCLA. He's going to try to have the best prepared as possible. But like me and Mark were saying, I think that under-16 timeout is huge because what happens is what I've noticed in these big mid-major upsets and like the, the 15s and the 2s, the 14s and the 3s, is if under that under if that if if after that under-16 timeout, the little guy, the, the mid-major, they've hung around and they're down two, three points to tie game, that gives them confidence because the big team didn't show them that, you know, you don't belong here. You can't hang with us. Gonzaga at this point, the way they're playing this year, everyone else is like a mid-major to them. So they have to, the, these little teams have to let Gonzaga know, hey, we're here to play. You're not going to just blow us out. And if UCLA only scores 51 points again, it's, it's going to be a blowout. Gonzaga scored, I think, 85 points minimum in every game this tournament. So it's, it's going to be tough for them. And the thing, is, in my, the thing is, in my opinion, you have to sh- hit at least 12 threes to beat Gonzaga because you have to, you have to, because Gonzaga is not the best three-point shooting team in the country. I think they shoot about 33%, 34% from three. So they're not as great as you think. They're just so efficient at getting good looks and layups at the rim. BYU in the in their tournament game, the uh, West Coast tournament game, shot 39% from three, 11 for 28, and still lost by 10 points. That's brutal. You think a team that shoots 11 threes, they have a shot to, to be competitive. If, if UCLA doesn't hit at least 12, I think – like you said, Colin, I love the I love the word. We're looking at a boat race here. Gonzaga covering easily that 13 and a half point spread there. Yeah, UCLA is going to get railed. It's not going to be close. <laughs> I mean, UCLA is going to have to score in the 80s to win. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there's Gonzaga, like you said, Gonzaga always is like they're always over 40 at halftime. It's outrageous. Yeah. They're always there. It's like I feel like. 10 minutes in, it's like you look up, oh, yeah, it's a quick tw- – they're up 25. Or not up 25. They have 25 points. So, I agree. To have UCLA win, they're going to have to shoot, like, what, 50%, 60% from the field total? Yeah, they're like, they're going to have to literally be unconscious from the floor. They're going to – I'm telling you, the only way to beat Gonzaga is they need to shoot less than 30% from three, meaning they have a horrible shooting game from three and are only getting twos. You have to shoot above 35% and make about 11 to 12 three pointers because the gap needs to be that far. That's like I said, how mid major programs win is the three balls, the ultimate equalizer. Against Gonzaga, you have to hope they're shooting horrible and you're just locked in. And another thing is that I don't think they're going to allow John Juzang to have a great game like that and have 28 points. They're going to cue on him and put Suggs, uh, Ayayi. Someone's going to be on him to shut him down. Against Michigan, Gun- uh, against Michigan, UCL only had four. Two players score more than four points. It was Johnny Juzang with 28 and Tiger Campbell with 11. Cody Riley, Jules Bernard, and Jaime Jaquez all had each four points. 
that's not going to cut it. They'll, they, they might lose by 30 Gonzaga if that happens, unfortunately. Yeah. Before I we agree. move to Baylor Houston, what are you guys' actual predictions score wise for the game? Uh, I'll probably go Gonzaga 89, UCLA 71, just to be nice. I'll give I'll give UCLA 71 points. <laughs> that's nice. You so 18 points, Colin. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be like Gonzaga is going to have like 92, UCLA is going to have like 70. Okay. I'll go. This is my heart saying it. I'm not picking UCLA to win. I'm not that stupid, but I'm going to go Gonzaga 72, UCLA 63. I'm going to say they're going to cover the 13 and a half and lose by nine, but Gonzaga does advance to the national championship. So how many points you said you have Gonzaga scoring? How many? 72. Wow. They've only scored less than I think 81 times this year. I think against St. Mary's was the last time they scored less than 80. (laughs) Does UCLA have the defense to hold them like that? I just think because UCLA's pace of play and how slow they they drag games out, I think Gonzaga's not going to get enough possessions to score 80, 90 points. Yeah, you can't beat Gonzaga at their own. You can't try to beat them at their own game. You have to play your game, but I just don't think they have this. I don't think they have the skill and the ability to do that. That that's funny that you bring up pace of play, Mark, because USC was also one of the slowest teams in the country. And they got, like I said, they got absolutely blown out of the gym. They got sped up. I yeah. think UCLA is going to do a better job. I think Mick Crennan has them a little more locked in. I don't know necessarily. They got sped up, yeah, because their offense, they Gonzaga started pressing them, yeah. forcing turnovers the ball. Exactly. Well, yeah, you start forcing turnovers, and once you're down like that, what's your first reaction to get back into the game is to speed up the tempo and start shooting threes and get out in transition. So it's going to be really tough. And we saw how that worked out for Creighton. It didn't. If you try to play, if you try to go shot for shot with them, it's, it's not going to work out. Zygorowski couldn't handle it. So I just don't know if UCLA's got the horses. And like, like I said, if if Jaime Hawkes is going to shoot like two for, I think, 16 in his last 18 shots, Mich- UCLA's got no shot. I'm surprised they beat Michigan. But once again, Michigan had to have a historic day from the from the free throw line. I think they shot like 40% on free throws, which is just outrageous. That I don't know. How, yeah, they shot 54% on free throws. And 27% from three and only made three three-pointers. So Michigan also had 14 turnovers. It's got to be an ugly, like, bare-knuckles brawl type game for UCLA to have even a shot. But let's go over to the real game that we actually want to watch. You know, it's going to be competitive. We <laughs> no, think. we want to watch both. Don't don't be mean to the first or the second game. <laughs> Obviously, we want to. <laughs> you guys are so for mean. yourself, man. <laughs> You'll be watching. You're obviously going to be tuning in, but we have Houston and Baylor. This is going to be a great game because, Mark, me and you both know that uh, Baylor and Houston are probably your best shot to try to beat Gonzaga in a championship game. I don't know what I, I don't know what to expect from this matchup because I've seen Baylor struggle a little bit against Wisconsin. They were kind of going back and forth. They, they, they got it. Then it got out of hand against Villanova. Same thing back and forth. Second half. They, they always make great adjustments. Second half to get the game out of hand, out of reach. Did the same thing with Arkansas. It was competitive. No take out his fifth foul. Game got out of hand. I'm not sure if Houston is going to be able to score with Baylor. I think they can defend and bring the score down, bring Baylor down to this mid-60s, lows like 70s, but I'm not sure if they can hang with Davian Mitchell, Jared Butler. Those are a lot of gifted scores on Baylor. It's, it's going to be tough. Even Teague, last game, I think he had 21. It's going to be tough for Houston to hang around, with, even with Dejan Drew and, and, the, and the crew. Yeah, I think I agree with you in the in the aspect that this game is going to be a little lower scoring than maybe the public understands. I think when they hear Houston and Baylor and they kind of have it, maybe if they watch the games, but more just like casually, they've seen some the highlights, the key plays from both teams. But I think this game is going to be maybe 
I'd say I could see in the low 60s, something like low to mid 60s. I could see this game being there, but I do think Baylor is going to pull it out. And when I look at Baylor in their first four games, they haven't played one full 40 minute complete game. Even in their first round game, they've struggled the first uh, 10 minutes of the game. So I see Baylor coming out. I see Scott Drew having them absolutely locked in and ready to go. Even in Arkansas, they everyone was like, wow, this team is for real. But then 15 minutes in and then early in the second half, they struggled and they got in a lot of foul trouble and let Arkansas back into the game a little bit. But I see Baylor winning this game. Uh, I'll give my score in a little bit. But I do think that it's vital for uh, Mitchell and Butler to play well. In their first four games, none of those two guys, which they're both All-Americans, none of them have been their leading scorer in a game. I think they're due. I'm going to say Mitchell is their leading scorer. I think he really has to play a lot better than he has and stay out of foul trouble, which he did which he did not do against Arkansas. And I think Baylor is going to be a team that kind of does a lot of good things defensively and kind of slows the game down and kind of plays to their pace and keeps Houston off balance. I think I, – I don't know. I think Houston's been pretty – uh, I don't think they've been really uh, – I don't think they've faced very many, like, great teams. They've been pretty – I don't know what to think of them, but I know Baylor's good, but they just keep – it seems like Baylor's really streaky. Like, they're either going to be really good or they're going to be missing and they're going to be down. I think Houston's actually going to win this game at the end of it. Oh, wow. I, Houston's got a great defense, and they haven't really been tested so far in the tournament. But at the same time, I think Baylor – has been kind of they could have easily lost a lot of the games they've been in uh so i just think that in the end houston's gonna be i i mean i don't i am also betting against a one-on-one championship i think it's gonna we're gonna get some kind of some kind of parity here huh so you're gonna go with houston i think baylor's most likely gonna win just because i kind of agree with mark i think that we've yet to have a game where butler and davion mitchell both have been you know locked in and on point and baylor's you know kind of trump card their x factor who is davion mitchell they can put him on either on grimes or Giroux and kind of pretty much cancel one of those guys out he's been the best defender in college basketball probably Personally, I think he might be a potential lottery pick, maybe mid to late first. I, I wouldn't mind taking him late. I think the Sixers should take him, Feldman. Matisse, Ben, and uh, and Mitchell would be outrageous defensively. But I think, and like I said, once again, Colin, you are correct. <laughs> Baylor, Baylor, uh, Houston has not been battle-tested very much. They got here not playing a single-digit single seed. They only played double-digit seeds. And both Syracuse and Oregon State, I believe they were outside the top 50 in uh, Ken Palm's adjusted defensive rating. So, you know, they've struggled to put up points against not really great defensive teams. And another thing that's weird is, like you said, you said Baylor's been streaky, which they have. They haven't all put it together from three. They don't, they shoot like I think a team average of 30, 40, 40% from the three point range. And they haven't gotten done that yet. So I think this game, everything does come together. And I do think they beat Houston probably 76. 71 i think and i think we get a we get a push for all the betters out there about the minus five spread <laughs> that's what an interesting think? point you guys were saying i didn't even think about that when i just remember houston's matchups they did not have to play illinois in their bracket and they did not have to play west virginia the one in the three seats which is really interesting that they have not played a single digit seed so but yeah <laughs> so after being syracuse and oregon state it i think baylor might be a different adjustment for them um it is going to be a game where they are going to have to play not perfect, but they're going to have to play outstanding. I think if Houston has a shot, it's going to be the Quentin Grimes show. I think he's going to have to do a lot for them offensively, attack the basket and try to get some foul calls on Baylor's big men. Um, but 
to just give my score, like I said, I think it's going to be in the 60s. I'm going to go Baylor 68, Houston 62. Baylor just covers. Just covers. Hey, good teams win, great teams cover. That's all I know. Colin Coward <laughs> says it, man. Great teams cover, and I totally agree. Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl this year, didn't cover for like seven straight games. You have to cover know. to be great, huh? Got to cover. It's that, it's that win differential, that winning margin. Let's move on to opening day, the day we've been waiting for baseball from 10 to 10. It's been a very, very fun day. This is my first year playing fantasy baseball. So, you know, this is it's pretty awesome. I'm actually keeping track of all the games, trying to watch all my pitchers play. Feldman, you got to be proud of me. I'm, I'm all in on baseball this year, man. I'm very happy. I, I heard you guys were doing the fantasy league yesterday, and I think that definitely, hey, if you weren't going to be locked into baseball before that, doing a fantasy league where you're having to make sure your lineup's good every day and changing it weekly and making sure your pitchers are locked in and your hitters, how many strikeouts they're having, you know, Reese Hoskins, three strikeouts a day. I'm, that's sorry, Mikey, minus Brutal. three points. Yeah. But no, I am very proud of you. You're uh, I got you into hockey the first couple of years we met, and now baseball, you're really starting to lock in here too. So that's good. You're getting into the sports that you might not have been locked into uh, before college. 100% on. And you got to love it. First thing when I lock into baseball, Miguel Cabrera hitting a homer with the Snowball. snowflakes coming down. Did you see that he even slid at second because he didn't know if it was gone? You that was see. Yeah, that was such a cool scene. I saw everybody on Twitter freaking out, you know, oh, nice see that he can still slide. I thought that was a really cool moment. That kind of encapsulated, you know, what everyone's been wanting, that cool moment to really signify the start of the baseball season. I'll go, we'll kind of do a little around the horn here. What was your guys' you know, biggest surprise or just your biggest takeaway from the start of opening day? Feldman, we'll go to you first. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, obviously being from Philly and watched the whole Phillies game, I was really happy with the Phillies. They played well today. Aaron Nola was spectacular. Six and two-thirds innings, only giving up two runs on a two-run homer on literally his last pitch of his outing. They won on a walk-off single by Gene Segura. So the Phillies started off very well, and they beat the Braves to go to 1-0. Another team that I was really impressed with and a team that I'm telling everyone to keep an eye on is the Toronto Blue Jays. They beat the Yankees today 3-2 in extra innings. And I think the Blue Jays are just someone you got to keep an eye on. They have not had the best pitching staff in a long time. And while they're a little injured right now with Robbie Ray, um, they have a lot of good arms in the pen and in the starting lineup today. Hoon Jin Ryu was really, really good. He shut down a Yankees lineup that is, some people say, is the best in baseball with Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge, and John Carlos Stan, just to name a few. So the Blue Jays won 3-2 today. And I think they're someone, they're a team that really could give a run to the Yankees in the AL East. And just another team that I would say to keep an eye on before we go to Colin is the St. Louis Cardinals. They got Nolan Arenado from the Rockies in the offseason. They're a team in a division where, to be honest, it's really the Cardinals and everyone else. The other four teams in that division don't really have a shot, in my opinion. So I think the Cardinals could really get on a hot streak throughout the year and get maybe close to 100 wins just because of how bad their division is. So those were a couple takeaways I had from the opening day. And by the way, opening day is like a holiday to me. This was an outstanding day. <laughs> as uh, we wrap up this opening day and can't wait for more baseball tomorrow and for 162 games for every team. <laughs> Colin, what were your surprises? Your surprises, takeaways, thoughts? Uh, well, I'll just give it. I mean, I'm not going to act like I watched all the games today because I uh, You work, you work. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was watching. You're a grown adult, unlike me and Mikey. <laughs> just <laughs> was, watch sports. <laughs> I was watching a little bit at work. Um, but And also, I'm not going to overreact because it was just uh, – one day but it did surprise me that like the Dodgers and the Yankees the Yankees probably the two most favorited teams I would say for people picking to win the World Series both of them lost today I don't feel like the Indians are 
that bad of a team. Uh, so just the outcomes of those games really su uh, surprised me. But um, I would say, yeah, my biggest surprises would definitely have to be the Yankees and the Dodgers because they both lost today. I thought both of them were going to win easy, especially because the Dodgers lost to the Rockies and the Rockies suck. So that's what I would – I the Padres almost lost too today, so I would have been happy <laughs> if my D-backs got a win. But uh, yeah, I was Madison say, what team Bumgarner is not very good. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner is still not very good, so – that's why we lost. That's your but, boy. That's your opening yeah, well, day starter. That's not my boy. Zach Gallen is the better pitcher, but he's injured, so he couldn't pitch for us today, unfortunately. Uh, Cattell Marte had an amazing day, though, so that's my guy right there. I was I was happy to see him ball out today, starting the MVP the MVP season. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Yeah, I, bro, I love going MVP season off, off rib. I think I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Reno's team. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They really shocked me today. You know, rookie of the year, potentially. Cabrian uh, uh, Hayes hit a little bomb. I was very surprised to see the Pirates beat the Cubs. Their rotation was tough, though. I think Chad Coley went like three innings, and then they had another They had another relief pitcher for like the rest of the game every inning, which worked out well for them. They beat the Cubs 5-3. I, I think he started out hot. Cabrian Hayes started out hot to start his season. And then Byron Buxton. I'm all in on Byron Buxton for MVP this year. Get loud. I drafted him in fantasy. Had a That's the truth. No wonder you're all Byron Buxton. <laughs> no, the only, reason, the, the, only, the only reason he's really behind him is because he didn't even know who he was before he drafted him. The only reason That's he drafted cap. him was because one cool of my friends told him to draft him. That's cap. He says, I don't know who Byron Buxton is. I definitely know who Byron Buxton is. I watched him. That's cap, bro. No, like you would never. You wouldn't have taken. You wouldn't have taken him if if our friend what? Miggy didn't didn't suggest him. Miggy, bro, Miggy. Yeah, he told you to take him, and you're like, oh, that's I don't know. And then you took him. First off, that's outrageous. I didn't take Miggy's suggestion, bro. Miggy's out here getting shellacked today in fantasy baseball. Why well, did I take suggestions from Yankees. this guy? His team's not gonna play well when the Yankees. What was the buy-in for you guys? Well. It was only ten dollars. It was it's very cheap, very cheap buying. All right, go through your go Nothing through your serious. first first five picks, Mikey. Who were your first five picks? My first five picks. I yeah. picked Cody Bellinger first. Um, who did I take second? Hmm. I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know the order of my draft picks that I took. I don't remember the exact order. I don't. I don't. I don't remember twenty six rounds. Unfortunately, sorry, Colin. The audience is loving this right All now. All right, I'll let you know, Mark. Here is my here is my first right, first Colin. five picks. So I took uh, I took. Tatis for uh with the fifth pick in the first round and oh Marcelo Zuna and then fourth I took uh Pete Alonso and then I went back to back pitchers after that I got Freed and Wheeler so those that was like my my uh that was like my top group of players I took and then I got Cattell Marte to steal so I think I went Trevor I'm not gonna lie I'm guessing now I think I went Trevor Trevor Story, Story yeah I went Trevor Story Bellinger and then I got Woodruff because I because Cole told me he was good and he was the number. I'm like, oh, I'll take the number one for the Brewers. You know, they have they have World Series aspirations this year. He got absolutely lit up, yeah. gave up six hits, three earned runs. Bro, Which is good, but I'm just saying they don't have World Series aspirations. That's that's central division's garbage, <laughs> besides the Cardinals. Jesus. Continue. I'm just I'm keeping it real. Hey, I'm letting you know on day one. I'm letting you know, don't get your hopes up. I don't up think the, the Cardinals are that good, honestly. You don't wow. think they're that good? I don't think they're that good. I think the Brewers are better than them. Wow. Colin, there is the, no the chance that the Brewers bro, everyone on the Cardinals, Cardinals, all the best players on the Cardinals are all getting old. No, no I took Ozzy like Albies in the fourth. He's outrageous. Tell him. They got Arenado from the Rockies. <laughs> and Paul Goldschmidt, old. you know about him. Old. Goldie. Uh, he's just saying that because he left the D-backs. <laughs> yeah. I just said he's that. old. Is he not old? Bro. I don't. 
I'm going to look it Goldie up right now. Goldie is very old. He's like 37, 38, I think. He's What? Yeah, look. He's 33. Tell him. Tell him he doesn't even know. Right, well, I thought he was old. Than September that, but... 10th, 1987, 33 years old, Wilmington, Delaware, 6'3", married to Amy. And his salary is fourteen and a half million in twenty nineteen. There's just some Wikipedia Bro, stats the for you. Disrespect doesn't even know the age <laughs> of his thirty seven. That's like Yadier Molina. He's old on the That's Cardinals. Outrageous. And Collins coming funny. to people mind. Don't, these people better not kill me in the comments. I I honestly don't watch that much baseball. I nah, said, nah, don't nah, don't come nah. at me in the comments. No, no, he's no, he's comments. no see, like now he's backing now. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. Doesn't know his best player on the diamondbacks for years he's breaking under he's pressure not, yeah he hasn't been on the d-backs in like Cracking three years i don't pay attention to people when they're not on the d-backs like that Man, can we also it. talk about though how great it was to see fans in the stands for all the games today i just thought that was like oh, a really cool moment the, just the to dude, see all these the dude was trying to rip the ball out of judge's hand when he caught the when he made a play and i think in right field tried to rip it out of his hands it's outrageous i loved it though fans back the booze the cheers I just thought it was really a cool moment and how we're starting to really get back to normal, not to get in the whole COVID situation, but just to see fans in the stands during the baseball games today, I think every stadium had a minimum of 15% capacity. So at least they had like 8,000 fans uh, in each stadium of the 15 home games. So it was really cool to see. Yeah. Me and Colin will be in that 15% on uh, Sunday. This next Sunday, we're going to the Reds Diamondbacks. Jackson, he's coming down. It's going to be big, big game. Very excited. That's a that's I, a big moment. That's a what first sporting event in fifteen months since yeah, January twenty twenty or 100%. before that, right? December nineteenth. I, I think the last event I went to was an ASU basketball game in January or December. I can't exactly put my finger on it. Yeah, quick little go around. I'm trying to think. Last sporting event I went to in person was yeah. wow. This wow, is huge. Was, this is, yeah. Oh, January of twenty twenty for Hanukkah. My dad and mom got me Flyers tickets. We saw Flyers Capitals. So that was during winter break. Capitals. So that's. 14, 15, excuse me, 15 months ago. So yeah, that was my last game, January of 2020. Flyers caps. I know exactly what game it was. It was December like 17th or 18th. It was uh, ASU versus Georgia. Oh, ASU Cam was versus here. You Georgia. Went to, yeah. And we went to go watch Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Edwards play. And that's where I met the Warriors head, the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors G League head coach, Michael Lee. I was like going chatting up with him. That's exactly, Wow. It had been since December so nineteen. Feels that like is a long time ago. Very long time ago, and I'm not gonna lie. I don't, probably because I didn't have money, you know, or I didn't want to go watch ASU basketball after that. Once I saw we at least we beat Georgia. At least ASU beat Georgia. But I'm waiting for like I need another 120 games under my belt before we have some real educated baseball conversations. You know, right now I'm watching games, calling it like I see it. You know, not too much knowledge behind it. I don't like that. You know, I want to be fully engaged and see you know, the stats, understanding the game, all that stuff. I, I need another 120 games in my It's belt. funny. You, uh, <laughs> you, I, I, that's a great point you made because it's funny. You get a little nervous, a little tentative when you're watching sports where you don't have the full stats and everything. Like when Whoa. I was watching hockey and stuff, obviously I'm locked in and know all about it. And like when you're watching, you're just like trying to yeah. figure it out and stuff. Basketball and football, you know, but the baseball and hockey, we're still working on it. So exactly. Funny. I'm saying like, I'm, I'm like, I'm locked in and I know who the, I know, I know everybody who's like good, who's competitive, you know, some like schemes and things like that. But, you know, once I'm like, oh, fuck, prime example, Trevor's story, like I'm not understanding his batting average against lefties and like his career average against certain pitches. I need to lock in on that, you know, and once I get tapped in on that 120 games in my belt, we'll be back and we'll be yeah. really locked in. Bring in Cole. Then I, didn't we'll watch, I didn't watch any baseball last year. See? Like any at all. I The only really? b- baseball memories I have are from two years ago because I didn't watch anything last year. 
What were you doing last August, Colin? Come on, couldn't have put on a couple Dimebacks games while you're out here. Uh, <laughs> Middle of pandemic. Wasn't wasn't basketball still happening then? Yeah. Yeah, I was watching yeah, basketball. I guess Bubble that's when that's when that's when the playoffs were happening for basketball. That's what I was watching. I didn't I didn't watch any baseball. It was yeah, just basketball it felt basketball. weird last year. The season was, <laughs> was all different. No, my sleeper to win the World Series this year is the Chicago White Sox. That's not bad. They have the uh, they had the uh, previous MVP Jose Abreu. He's really good. Yeah. No longer a fan of that team. I'm a Mariners fan. So uh, come on now, there it is. Seattle sports. I got. I tell everybody I get bullied for being a sports fan outside of where I was like raised. So I don't know. I don't like that. That's Do you want some bad news? What's the bad news? Live score update for the podcast: Giants five, Mariners nothing. Bottom of the six currently. Jeez, that's not good. The Giants aren't very good. No, well, that's, that's a horrible. Former Philly manager Gabe Kapler in second year in the hell at the helm for the San Francisco Giants. By the way, obviously I'm a Mariners fan. Brian Gonzalez on the mound right now. He's probably getting torn up. Minus oh, really? six, yeah, minus six fantasy points. He's getting eight <laughs> hits, giving up two or yeah. three earned run, five earned runs. Yo, get him out of there. Stop losing me points. How many points do you lose for an earned run? Minus I three. It's, I think it's minus one every single every run. Oh, for a hit and a run are the same. Mm-hmm. But you get points for making it through innings, so it's really weird. So yeah, like, that's. I, I'm glad he's gone six innings that they haven't pulled him, so he could be right. Like, he could have minus eighteen right now. So worst case, if you have a fantasy pitcher, is pretty much to have him not get through the first inning and give up like eight hits and six runs or something. That'd be like minus fourteen with no, happened, no innings. What happened to Luis Castillo today? That's what happened. What was, he had. Minus, he, I think he, yeah. he pitched. He had, like he had like negative eighteen after the first <laughs> inning, and yeah. then. He ended with negative twenty four, so he was just good old getting, Reds. He was getting it was, lit up. Yeah, Cam Cardinals are good, Colin. <laughs> yeah, he had negative twenty four. Uh, the Reds. <laughs> he went three innings today. Three innings, eight hits, eight earned runs. Whew. Yeah, it's a tough day for fantasy baseball fans. All right, should we get to our fun topic? Yeah, it's time. To- Little would you rather I'll, time? You know? I'll keep us on boat <laughs> so the fan, so the audience doesn't fall asleep on us yet. <laughs> yeah, I love you keeping us on track there, fella. Yeah. You know, you you got gotta gotta make up for it. I'm I'm a little out of it, you know. Hey, I got you. You know, I'll pick up the team. But Mike, and, you want to introduce what this little fun topic is for? Oh yeah, you know, every time end of the podcast, gotta have some fun. Just got a little chit chat. We're doing some would you rather's today. I have a good one, Mark. We each have our own. Very simple. I'll let, I'll go to Colin first. He's he's yeah, the Colin go. He's the most creative. Colin, throw some would you rather's and you know I'll give you my honest answer. All right. So in any any food that you eat for the rest of your life, you can only either you have to put either salt on everything you eat or sugar on everything you eat. So think of every single meal that you're gonna eat. You have to either put salt on everything or sugar on everything. Which one are you taking? Hey, since I take these questions super serious, I don't know how much I'm putting on tablespoon, teaspoon, you know, how much, what is the enough so that you can sugar? enough so that you can taste it? Oh man. So I really got to lay it. So if I'm eating a bowl of honey nut Cheerios, I got to really lay it. Sugar or salt. In it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, so mad. If you're eating ice cream, dessert, cake, you got to either put a bunch of sugar in it or a bunch of salt. Hi, I'll some, I'll some uh, sugar with my uh, mint chocolate chip, please. Well, you've pretty much eliminated anything of breakfast and dessert, like when it comes to like sweets. I'm 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 out of the cake game. Um, milkshake, I have to salt it now. Um, you know, so at that point, I'm probably just gonna, I'll probably honestly go with salt and just never have breakfast cereal again and ice cream and milkshakes. I'll just I can put salt on my breakfast bagel and my sandwich and my hot meals, but ooh, a bunch of salt yeah, on my ham know, sandwich. I, That's gonna be. I, I I'm going. I'm leaning sugar here because sugar is. I mean, they pretty much 
do put oh. sugar and everything but i mean you can't think of one food with sugar on it that'll make it taste bad like sugar makes everything taste better so colin, think, of, throw, think of one food that you put sugar on that it would taste worse colin if i throw some sugar on some meatloaf i know you're throwing up i know you're gagging you're no gonna, it'll probably make no, it taste better colin, honestly bro i have no problem making you some gourmet meals and throwing sugar i'm not on gonna, gonna lie it out. just thinking about it a steak with some sugar on it it no. tastes better it's all right let's better. not push it colin because i'm yeah. i'm gonna go with sugar as well but i think there's like a balance in terms of where you pick certain foods like you said like if i have steak i would probably want to put salt on it but if i have like a churro i'm gonna put sugar on it so i feel like the balance of like foods that you would relate sugar to anyway so i agree with colin i'm gonna go with sugar pretty much to the fact that i'd rather taste more sugar it's more of like a fun like not more fun type like uh, taste you can and handle it better you can deal with and it i more. feel like i don't know like Tell salt me. not I'm that sugar is good for you but salt is like i'm gonna put I sugar know, i can't have i'm salt gonna put a bunch anything. of sugar until you taste it in your mayo when you're making that's disgusting well you don't eat do you eat mayo out of the bottle no he knows i eat mayo but not like that that's what i'm saying but, but i'm not put if i put salt in there too that's gross yeah no, you bro salt is on 90 if you don't salt all the food you cook then you're not cooking with any type of flavor salt pepper seasoning but Colin said the point was where you where you can taste it. Those foods, I don't taste yeah, the salt. It has to be noticeable in every. It has to be noticeable. Wait, like, we're not saying a little tab. We're you're dumping it on, so you taste that, just like sugar. At that or salt. point, then we might as well just say, would I have to eat sugar or salt for the rest of my life? Yep, pretty much. That's what it is. I, I'm picking <laughs> sugar. Well, that just changed the game. Wow. I can't. I can't. I just can't think of a certain a single food where if you just added sugar to it, that it would make it so bad that I wouldn't want to eat it. I would just eat mashed potatoes and mac and cheese for the rest of my life with just a little extra salt. That's all I would do. I'm not switching. I'm, I'm standing my ground. I'm not switching. I'm staying with salt. I'm doing it. Wow. The amount of salt that was on my dinner today, too. I just realized. Yeah. I, I ordered from Gastropub. Jackalope Gastropub today had the uh, Jackalope flatbread with pesto and prosciutto and cheddar or, and mozzarella oh. cheese and the bacon beer mac and cheese. The amount of salt that's on that is outrageous in a bad way. Not a, <laughs> usually outrageous in a positive connotation, but... <laughs> like when right. you think about like you said the amount of salt and sugar whoo all right Eldie, I'll, I'll toss it over to you now what's your would you rather all right so mine's a little different uh subject but my question is would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds wow that Silence. is a that's the point of a great question if i teleport anywhere do I when I teleport anywhere? Do I teleport safely, and do I teleport? Yeah, with yeah, you're okay. you're teleporting safely, or you're mm -hmm. and you can go wherever you want, or you're able yeah. to read anybody's mind. Like, well, things. me being the being the uh, not the best hearted I am, I'm gonna be teleporting, and I'm gonna okay. be robbing banks. They'll never catch me. I'm All gonna. Right. Well, that took a turn. Well, I'm gonna. Well, if I can teleport anywhere, I'm gonna teleport into the world yeah, safe. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah and I'm just gonna take. And the thing is, I'm not gonna be dumb and take a hundred thousand dollars. I'll get low on rent and I'll teleport in, take a thousand, you know, and then go like, I don't know. I don't know how to launder it, honestly, but no, I would, I would, I would abuse it. I would become like the teleport thief. They would have, they would have me on, <laughs> the they would have me on the news. They would be talking about me all the time because no one would be able to stop me. So, and they would like, I'm, they would never be able to see my face either. I would make it show they don't know who it am though. I'd wear like a cool ski mask and like all red or all purple and something. So like, like, oh, the purple bandit, the purple teleporter. The purple yeah. teleporter Teletubby. That's what I would be. I mean, as much as as much fun as it would be to be able to read people's minds. Um, yeah. I is it is it like 
you can do it like on command or it's like you just read everybody's mind all the time with no yeah control. is it constant can i, can that I would, turn that it on would drive off? that would like drive you insane yeah, yeah you know you can turn off just like you pick hey i'm gonna teleport now to place b hey i want to read what colin's thinking right now or like you can yeah it's like a little switch either way i'm turning the switch to go teleport somewhere i'm turning the switch on to read someone's mind and that's I would, what, I would before you give your answer i would just say that i'd probably pick teleporting just because i wouldn't want i mean we all want to know what people think about us but once you do it a couple mm -hmm. times and then you hear things that you don't want to hear it's just like that just brings yeah. you down and then then it's just a it's just a vicious spiral you'll start you'll start getting you know start being down and it's just like you probably drive yourself crazy so i'm going to be able to teleport so i can just go to go on vacation wherever i want whenever i want i don't have to fly i don't have to pay to do any of that i just teleport there and you know i can i that's you know how much I gas money i would save one. yeah like think about like if i don't want to if you don't want me to go all crazy and be a thief because that's that would be my first thing Master yeah i was Robert. hoping you would just say like i want to teleport to like paris and go see the eiffel tower well, like so bro you're giving me the power of teleportation this is this is my <laughs> and then you're gonna go right is, to stealing bad stealing money though this is my villain origin story oh man they they did me wrong and now i'm teleporting but if i don't want to if i want to be a good person and not i'm feldman i would obviously give you teleportation money too so but i would just i think i would just teleport to work not have a car you know how much money i'd save i'd save a lot i went with wanting to read minds and the reason like that came to me right away was because when i thought about it there are so many people in today's society where they don't just say what they think. Everyone's always trying to play the nice game. Always, everyone's always trying to be like, oh, yeah, that's okay. Or no, to be honest, no one just tells you the damn truth. And I just want to know what everyone's thinking. And like, even if I'm at a job, if I'm at a radio station and my boss is acting weird, I can just turn on and be like, what is boss A thinking? And then I hear in his mind, he's like, uh, this Feldman kid, he never like picks up his trash out of his thing, or he never just like turns on like the lights or something. I can be like, oh, all right, he needs to know. Like, I need to do that now. I need to turn on the lights and pick up my trash. And Colin, while I get what you're saying, like, yeah, if you hear like someone like, oh, that Feldman kid, he sucks. Like, I, I don't want to hang out with yeah. him. I hate this kid. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> gonna make you sad and stuff. Okay, his loss, her loss. I'm moving on. Bro, like, I guarantee you that. That's how. If you if <laughs> you hear Feldman. if you hear like three. <laughs> If you get to like one day and you just hear like four people like just talking shit about you, it's gonna bring you down. Like you're not gonna be able to talk shit about. You're not gonna be able to like keep up Mark the, the positive vibes. You're just gonna be like, wow, this sucks. Like, Bro Feldman, what have you realized that everybody just hates you? Why <laughs> I just like turn on the read minds, read mind app, Bro. and I'm, everyone's just like. Yo, this Feldman kid, are you kidding Bro, me? I I'll be like, all right, hey, you're lost. You're lost. You're lost. I'm Mark Ray. I'm not for changing, so long. baby. It's going to bring you down eventually. Nah, At one point, it's my I'm loss. Good. At one point, it's my loss. I'm losing out on everybody now. <laughs> you, so, wow. Well, two, we've had a uh, 2-1 in both. Haven't had a 3-0. Mikey, what's your wow. uh, wrap this it up one, with the final? Would you rather? I'm bringing it from back from the day when we did the uh, uh, the uncomfortable situations that we had. You know, if you had to choose like lesser evils, you know, minor inconveniences, would you rather have have to wear wet socks for the rest of your life or damn t-shirts for the rest of your life both are very uncomfortable and both have to stay on like so obviously yeah, it's no. like the whole time the whole day that's how you're wearing them. like no so like this is the thing you get to when you're out and moving around like right now if you go to walk cronkite your socks are wet plain and simple in your shoes they're wet you're walking around you only take them off when you go to bed that's it and then the damn t-shirt once again it's you've if you've ever had to rush and throw a shirt in the dryer and it's super wet and you hate it that's what happens, and that you have to wear that rest of your life. All your shirts are like that. All your socks are like that. I'll go damn t-shirt. I'd rather wear a damn t-shirt, I think. And the reason is, though damn socks make feet smell so bad, 
and I don't like smelly feet. And while I guess the damp t-shirt could make you smell super bad, like on your chest and like by your arms and everything, I would just load up on deodorant and cologne so much that like it would hopefully override the damp smell of my shirt. And I like my feet to be dry, like with my shoes or my and my socks. So I think I'm gonna go with the damp t-shirt instead of the damp socks. I think I'm I think I'm gonna go damp t-shirt as well, but it's really close because damp. I yeah, it's mean, a barn burner. Damp t-shirts like. Then it feels all heavy, and it's just like, it's like, man, this is really dragging me down. But like damp socks, like then your feet are cold, and then like then cold or hot, yeah. Then it's like when they're cold, then you can like just lose feeling in your toes, and it's just like that. Just I, that's not the way to go. I'd probably have to go t-shirt, but it that's really close because damp t-shirts suck too. See, this is the thing about me is I would probably go damp socks and just wear slides everywhere. (laughs) I would just wear slides because then hopefully that could still be, gross though. It's still could, uncomfortable. Yeah. It's uncomfortable and everything like that. But maybe if I triple up on socks, I don't know. See if that helps at all. I, I feel like I would be more likely. I just couldn't handle a damn shirt. I've had it before. It threw, I think it was like three weeks ago, had a shirt in the dryer, had to leave threw it on. It was all wet. I was like, all right, I'll be late. I'll wait. I'll put it back in the dryer for 20 minutes. I'll be late. If you put I can't on, do it. If you put on two pairs of socks though, one day have to be wet as well. Like that's, that was your, would you rather all your socks you're wearing a wet, just like all your t-shirts are wet now? Yeah, I think I would honestly, I just get a house on the, I just get a house on the beach then with wet socks. I couldn't do the damn t-shirt. I couldn't do it. It would really throw me off. It would throw me for a curve and I wouldn't be able to handle it. Wow. All three would you rather is two one. That means that that means they're good questions and good debates. Yeah, that's hey. these are always great discussion topics. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Hey. It's been a great podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I've had a great time, Colin, Mark. I this was nice to have the three, the gang back together. The original. We're crew. back. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. We're back. You love it. It's like Michael Jordan come out of retirement. We're back. Hey, that's gonna do it all for the Off the Record podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.